Welcome back to Dating Games, a modern relationships podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Temps, and continuing my obsession with reality TV, our guest this week is a star of the fourth season of Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. If you don't know, think Love Island in reverse, where you win prize money for resisting the urge to get with your fellow contestants. Please welcome Sophie Stonehouse. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course, I've been so looking forward to chatting to you. And I feel like I want to acknowledge straight off the top with the mention of Love Island. I, I can't mm-hmm. stand Love Island. I think it's really toxic. I, I kind of think like as reality TV goes, that's definitely the one doing coercive control. So <laughs> me saying the, the opposite to that is meant as pure praise. Well, guilty as charged because I do watch Love Island. <laughs> I am one of those yearly watchers and I do get slightly invested. Although... I'm glad I went on Too Hot and not Love Island. Love Island seems a little bit cutthroat, can't lie. It is, it is. And is it possible to say there's such a thing as getting too famous too fast? Do you know what? I agree. I think as years have gone on, you know, it's become such a major platform for people to go on and then come out and, you know, have this sense of overnight fame to the point where, is it fair to say that people are probably not going on for the right reason now? You know, like, I can't imagine going on a show like that and genuinely thinking, I'm just going on here because I just want to find a boyfriend. Like, the first thing you think of is, no, I'm going to drop whatever else I'm doing because this is a sick opportunity, right? Also, that goes both ways. Because if you're going yeah. on and you're genuinely like, oh, this group of however many contestants, my true love is definitely in there. I think going on for the fame is the healthier approach of the two. Yeah, I agree. I think it is getting to a point out. And I think actually this season in particular, I don't know if you've been watching. If you don't like it, you might not have been, but... Oh, no, like, I'm very on record. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I talked about, I have a mental health podcast. I've talked about my concerns in depth elsewhere. And you know what, with this season in particular, it seems very much like, by this stage, because obviously this week they've just gone into Casa Moore. By Casa Moore stage, generally speaking, in previous seasons, you've had some relationships, some people like boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, like there's a lot more couples that seem a lot more established. Whereas this time around, it doesn't really feel like that. It feels like they're kind of all just keeping their options open. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it's an intense environment, I'm sure. And... To get a bit of background on you, could you give me an idea of what your kind of dating and relationships life was like pre any reality TV? Oh, it was very tragic. It was very tragic. So prior to going on to Too Hot to Handle, I was in a very long-term relationship. So from the age of 16 to 21, I was in a relationship with one person. So I didn't really ever get the opportunity to date or do any of that kind of thing I was just in some really toxic long-term relationship which looking back I'm give myself a little bit of a slap for doing that but I think it's just one of those things like I was definitely in the headspace at that age where everyone wanted a boyfriend you know everyone's really interested in boys girls kind of the age it all starts happening and Mm -hmm. I was like oh I really want a boyfriend and I just chased someone that was just not good and just ended up stuck in a relationship for a really really long time and then eventually after six years after getting a place with him and like moving out with him I was like wow this is really not what I want wow so you went all that way but I understand it there is that real 
pressure cooker, my first ever, like, what I consider, like, a proper girlfriend was around when I was 16. And, yeah, and I think if we'd stayed together, there probably would have been that thing of, like, the expectation building of, like, oh, you've survived through school together, now now what's next? You know, oh, if you're moving out from your parents, it might as well be in together. Like, Oh, yeah, that's a very, very prominent age for most people to kind of have that independence away from their parents, you know, going to college, you don't have to be at school every morning on the door and getting your bus home at 3pm and all of that crap. You've got a lot more freedom to just do what you want to do. And I think naturally, that's the age where the codependency on your parents switches to being independent. And when you can get into a serious relationship at that age, you can kind of get a bit codependent on that person. And that's what happened to me. And I think ultimately, I just got stuck in a relationship where I felt like that if that relationship ended, it would just be the absolute end of the world. And everything was just like, I didn't care if he was mean or cheated. I was like, it was just ridiculous. Like, honestly, looking back, I just want to shake my young (laughs) self and just, what the hell were you thinking? No, I get it. I I think it's such a common experience. and. I think you're spot on because part of it is that thinking of I'm an adult now and this boyfriend is part of what proves that. And so I've got to cling to this and everyone is supportive and we've been together a long time. So what is it all for? And, you know, at at 21, you think you've left half your life already. Honestly, sickening. Like, genuinely, I just remember thinking back then, oh, like, well, of course we're going to get married and have kids. And like we'd have conversations about that. Oh, like, if we weren't talking about that, or everyone would think that we weren't serious. Or, And it was just so much, I think more so than anything, it's just like, you know, your parents would be like, there's so many other fish in the sea. And they're like, yeah, but mum, you don't understand. Like, we're going to get married. And your parents are just thinking, like, well, she's, she's in for a rude awakening because it's just not the reality of it. Just grow up. I do love that energy. I do love the energy of telling your parents that, like, Oh, no, you don't get it. You've never had a first love. It's like, of course, I fucking Literally, have. I'm thing with my parents and being like, guys, you just don't understand. Like, we are going to get married. And my mom would be like, yeah, okay. You think back and I'm just like, what was I actually thinking? But you're finally mature enough and old enough to be in a relationship when you recognize that that way of thinking is so juvenile and immature. And it's just yeah. you as your younger self. Now, I'm in a relationship now. And if someone said to me today, how do you feel about getting married? Do you think you're going to get married to this person? My honest response to that would be, I have no idea. I've not thought about it. And I'm not really ready to think about it. That doesn't mean that I'm not in a happy relationship and I'm not in a in a headspace where I, I would like that to happen in the future. That I'm not saying I would or wouldn't, but I'm just aware of the fact that I'm young. Things happen. Life happens. And I don't want to you know like make this set guarantee in my head of of course we're going to get married when I have no idea if that's going to happen yeah maybe it would be nice if relationships were that logical but but they're not and like I think you know quite rightly we're increasingly moving away from that idea of like oh well if you love him you must want the marriage and the white dress and the kid and the house together And the certain things. Nothing scares me more. Like, genuinely, nothing scares me more than commitment. Like, I am a commitment. You know what I really, by contrast, trust is when people have like their own idea of it. So, like, for me, there's a lot of it I want, but marriage, I could go either way on. It would be more so how much it matters to the other person. 
Yeah, I agree. But one I know I don't want is is living with someone. I'm really just not yeah. sure if it's for me, mm-hmm. I would be far mm-hmm. more excited to see you every morning. Mm-hmm. If we didn't wake up every morning next to each other, yeah. you're welcome to but come there. That independence, mm-hmm. yeah. And when I meet other people that are like that, then I find it easier to appreciate, okay, you really know what you want, and that's a sign of maturity to me, versus, oh, I've always wanted to get married, I've never questioned it, and now I'm ready yeah. for it. And I'm like, are you ready for it? Or are your parents <laughs> tapping their watches? Exactly. I think as well, growing up in a society where divorce is such a normal thing. So I've been thinking about this. I don't know. It's actually rare for your friend parents to be together. Obviously, if that, if that happens, then that's great. But I don't know many people that's parents are still in a relationship. Or if their parents in a relationship, they... They originally split up when they were really, really young. So I've got a lot of friends whose parents split up when they were two or three and they remarried since and their parents just get that. That took me a second. When, when the child was two or three, never mind. Yes, when the child was two or three. Yeah, of course. I was like, oh, are these little kindergarten relationships coming back in adulthood. Yeah, let's just not, let's not go there. But when the child was two or three, you know, the reality of divorce is just, it's just a part of our world these days. It's, it's and everywhere. And I just think for grandparents' ages, I remember my grandparents, it was all very logical. Well, you've gotten to this age, so if you want to move in together or get married, you know, you need to, you want to start being sexually active with one another, you need to think about getting married. And nowadays it just isn't, it's just a very, very expensive party and legal contracts that you're going to fight over, most likely, you know? So it's just, I don't know. The thought of getting married kind of freaks me out. I can't lie. Yeah, I, I, there is part of that for me where I'm like, will I ever feel grown up enough for marriage? Because that's real adult shit. really is. And also, I, I can't tell you anything about my life that I want to stay the same for the rest of it. Like, I, I don't have any tattoos. I love them. But I can't commit to something permanent on my body. I'm not that decisive. I've committed to a few. I've committed to a few. Some of them are terrible. Some of them I love. But... The way I view my relationships now, it's very much, that is your life. This is my life. If this is going to work, we're going to complement one another. Like, you aren't my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be your life. I want you to do your own things, have your own friends. If you called me up tomorrow and said, hey, I just, I fancy traveling Australia for a year. Go for it. Like, I'm just really not the type of person to say, oh my God. You're going to be on the other side of the world. Well, how is this going to work? I'm just very much a believer of if it's meant to be, it will be. And the idea of making that legal commitment where you're saying, right, this is for the rest of your life. When I don't know what I'm going to think in 10 minutes time, let alone 10 years down the line. Like that scares me. Oh, oh, I hear you. I'm I'm just reminded of a date I went on recently where I still don't know if this was a general ramble from her or if it was just a bit of the conversation, a tangent. But there was this kind of ramble, almost rant about like not liking to spend too much time with people. I think it was something along the lines of even if it's friends, I don't really need to see people more than like twice a month. And that's why you've reminded me of that because I'm like, Maybe that was a red flag. I don't know, because I was sat the other side of the table thinking, yeah, twice a month works for me. I've got a busy life. Like, <laughs> I can commit to that. Yeah, that works for me. It's so independent and just like their space. It's not such a bad thing, but then also it could 
who knows? We we can't read people. You just know what's going on in your own head. Dating is such a weird game. It is. And on a on a first day, I you know, I'm I'm often saying like you are there to figure out if you want to see them again. Like that is the only yeah. thing we can figure out in that space of time. Yeah. And on that note, talking about dates, do you have a mm. dating story to share, one prepared? Well, I've not had that many, but some of them have been pretty weird, I must okay. say. Go on. I have got a very, very awkward sex story, mm-hmm. which isn't so much of a dating story, but there's that. But I guess I'll talk about I'll talk about the first date that I went on when I became single. So when I got out of my relationship of six years and I went on my first date. So I ended up communicating with somebody that I'd spoken to years prior. And it just so happened we ended up being communicating it already sounds vague and murky <laughs> no it was awful like it actually was a horrific experience i must say back in the bbm era we like bbm <laughs> each other or whatever like whatever we were literally so young and then when this relationship ended i moved from where like i kind of grew up like the town i grew up in caution and i moved to brighton so i moved got a flat by myself lived in brighton was living my best life in you know my let's call it a rampage era you know, you've been in a six-year relationship and you're just like on a rampage, just having fun and you just don't care. Let's just call it that. And I went on a date. Now, I thought I was the dog's bollocks. Like, I thought this guy doesn't know what's coming for him. She has just got out of a six-year relationship. You know, she's ready. Honestly, I don't know what was going on in my head, but honestly, I was like, obviously he'll like me, bloody, bloody, blah. I've been so used to having like this six-year relationship where like I ended the relationship and so I felt like I had the upper hand I felt like he wants me I don't want him so other guys are gonna want me that was not the case so chatting to this guy he's like oh let's go for a drink like let's I'll take you out for a drink so I was like okay cool so at the time I dabbled with socially smoking which I don't do anymore bad naughty but at the time I did and I went to Spoken like a true politician. Oh, I mean, look. I, I haven't I taken cocaine, but I have seen it. Don't don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> well, I was just going through my face. I was going through my face. I was going a bit crazy. She loved a little cheeky cigarette here and there, right? So I went out with this guy. We went for a drink. He was driving, so he was like, okay, I'll, I'll just have one or two whenever. I was like, okay. We, so he took me to this bar, and I remember thinking, is it appropriate to, like, Ask, like, should I have a cigarette around him? Like, is it appropriate to ask? Or, I just remember overthinking it a lot. Anyway, we went to this bar and a couple of his friends that he knew were there. This wasn't pre-planned, but his friends were there. So it was a bit of an embarrassing encounter. He was like, oh, hello, hello, this is Sophie, buddy, buddy, box. And his friends were smoking. And I was like, okay, so he obviously not said anything about it. So like, okay, we were really all clear. So if I want one, it's fine. Anyway, we went on to have this date. We ended up staying for hours. We had the best story. Like, the conversation was so good. I found him really attractive. I was like, this is going really well. I was so, I was really, really nervous because obviously I'm not dating a human being other than my horrific ex for six years. So I was scared, right? Anyway, the end of the date comes when he says, oh, I'll drop you home. Fine. And I was like, we went outside. I was like, do you mind if I have a cigarette? And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. Had a cigarette, got in the car, dropped me home. Texting a little bit, he said, oh, I had a great time. We'd love to do this again. Okay, great. Then radio silence. 
radio silent. I didn't hear from him for a good week. But in the middle of that week, I got... Actually, I didn't hear from him again. But what I did... <laughs> so this is the funny part. So I was scrolling on Instagram. I was like, this guy, I've really liked him. Is there something wrong with me? Like, he hates me. Am I really unattractive? All this, all this crap, mm-hmm. basically. He had posted on his Instagram story a picture of a meme. So it was like a cartoon of like a person holding a T-shirt over their face like this, and literally over their nose. And the caption of the meme is, when someone lights a cigarette near me. <laughs> and that was about two days after the day and I had nothing. So that was the day that I quit smoking forever. I'm not joking. I've not had a cigarette since then. Well, horrified. I mean, if that's what he was trying to prove, then I guess it worked. But yeah, this is sometimes I hear stories like that and I think, will we ever adapt as people to how much social media is in our lives? Because I have stuff like that all the time where you're like, is that directed at me or have I just assumed? Or do you know what I mean? I might be assuming, but I was like, because I'll do that about anything. Like somebody will do like a cryptic, you know, when somebody's looking for vague attention and they'll be like, oh, what a horrible day. And I start being like, did I say anything to them? And I'm like, I haven't even seen them today. What am I at? Did I? Nowadays, it's so easy to go on a date with someone and for them to just never text you again. It's called the ghosting, the whole ghosting situation. It's like, why is that such a real thing? And it's just so horrible. I feel like people just overthink it. I've got a friend actually. Love her to pieces. She's drop dead gorgeous. Like, honestly, the most beautiful human being to ever walk this earth. She doesn't think it, but she is. And she'll like, she's not a massive dater. Like, she'll generally like date one guy at a time and they'll end up being an asshole. And then she'll end up meeting someone else. Right. But whenever I'm with her, I'm like, oh, so who, who are you dating? She's like, oh, I want to date this guy. We've been texting. She's like, what do you think of this message? So she'll read me the message prior and then she'll ask what I think she should reply. And I'm like, well, how long's the reply time? She's like, oh, three days. They literally message each other every other three days. And it's like, okay, she's received that message. So she needs to wait three days to respond. I'm like, why are people what? thinking about stuff like this? So Just much? get a carrier pigeon and be over with it. Like- it, is, it is horrific. Like, honestly, every time I see how it's every couple of weeks, the conversation has only gone and stretched like a certain amount of sentences because they're waiting so many days. For, it's the weirdest thing. That's, it's so bizarre. I, I'm sure other people can relate to this. You don't want to seem too keen. No, no. I know it's a thing. I just have zero patience for it myself. Like there's, at that point, what are you building to? If the point you're at is we can't reply within three days, it's really, it's really when, when does that become a relationship? Do you have to wait 10 years to build up to like I, I think replying so. every day? I, honestly, in this case, yes, seriously. Bless her. But it's then really maybe fun. he seems like a safer option. You know, there's a consistency maybe. there she hasn't had with other guys. I don't know. I don't know. People are weird. The whole thing, the whole thing is wild. But I, I love that story from you. You mentioned the sex story and now I want to hear both. It's honestly horrific. Like, and I honestly think it's the reason why I got allowed well, not got allowed. I think it's the reason why the producer <laughs> brought me on too hot to handle. I love like, that. Got allowed. The reason they let me yeah. in the pen. The reason they let me on the plane and entered that retreat is down to this story. I'm confused. Okay, well, now we have to hear it. I will tell you because it is honestly hilarious. But 
you know, with the whole casting process, mm -hmm. they'll ask you questions like, tell me about your craziest sex story. Like they want to, producers want to know. Mm -hmm. So it was something that came up a lot. Tell us a crazy sex story or tell us something really embarrassing that's happened on a date. A little bit like what we just touched on. So I have this really embarrassing story. And it was, I was around the age where I like, lost my virginity and it was very kind of like, I was young and didn't know what the hell I was doing. And obviously it was like a big deal, like sex was a big deal. Anyway, I basically really fancied this guy and we call him Cheese Boy. We will not reveal his name, but I'm sure if he ever listens to this, he will know who it is. And it's Fun. one of those... Hi, Cheese Boy. It's one of those... I just imagine that it's one of those memories in his head that he just has worked really hard to alter or forget. So if it comes back up to him, if you're listening, Cheese Boy, I do apologize in advance. However, I'd liked him, fancied him, been chatting for a while. And I had a bit of a policy at my house, like a gathering, invited him and all friends over, had all of my girlfriends over. I think we exchanged, you know, those weird little gatherings that you have when you're a teenager and like everyone... I called them gatherings. And then this yeah. girl that I had like an ongoing, ridiculous teenage feud with, started calling hers gatherings and then I was scunnered to the word. <laughs> so, oh, I know all about this nonsense, yeah. Yeah, they weren't parties, they were gatherings. So like oh, a select group of... We thought we were full adults. We thought we were paying tax. I thought I was a fully-fledged adult and I was not a fully-fledged adult. Like I had no idea from right and wrong and it's just... Not <laughs> yeah, what's this dollhouse? I have a mortgage. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> literally, like, literally, like, my parents and my parents go off the weekend, guys, like, come around. Like, what am I saying? Like, my poor parents. Anyway, so, there was a guy, like, we ended up, like, having a bit of a kiss or whatever and I think we wanted to go get food and he left and I was like, can you take my debit card? Go get us this, this and this. So he did. I think he went, we went and got a kebab or something like that. Can't remember. But, he just so happened to leave my debit card in his car. Strategic or not, I don't know. But my debit card was left in his capable hands. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, after texting and all of this stuff, I think I contacted him and said, look, I really need my card back. Is there any way that you could drop it round? And he said, yeah, 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 what are your plans? I said, look, I've got a party to go to. He said, great, I'll drop it round and I, I can drop you to the party if you want. Fine, cool. So he gets to the door. I'm ready to go. Pretty much. Like, I've just got a couple of last things to do. Hair and makeup's done. I think I just need to put my clothes on, get my bag ready and go. So he comes in to the house and he said, do you mind if I check the rugby score on your computer? Right? Yeah, sure. So he came in. My mom had a MacBook. So I was like, yeah, you can just, like, log on to there. So I go upstairs to sort my stuff out. And then he comes up and he's like, I don't know what I've done. I don't know what I've done, but I've done something for the computer. So... He'd ended up going on this illegal site to check a score and completely destroying my mom's computer. Like when I say destroying it, I mean like the whole the whole software was completely ruined. I don't know what he did. So I'm on the phone to Apple Care trying to sort this out. And he's like, I'm just gonna go upstairs. You invite yourself in, why don't you? Very, very like welcome yourself in kind of anyway, he went upstairs. I got off the phone with Apple Car, I called my mom, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do, I'm so sorry. She's like, don't worry about it, and I will sort it tomorrow. I got upstairs to get my stuff, because I'm ready to go, butt naked. Butt naked. He is butt naked, right? Butt naked. There was a bit of flirting, but I mean, not warranted to be butt naked, right? Anyway, so he was like... Yeah. We're going to circle back because I have questions. I can't tell you how many friends of mine have been in that part of the situation, but continue your story. Like, 
it's like so intense. And obviously, like, I don't get me wrong. I wasn't, I wasn't in a situation where I was forced to do anything I didn't want to do. Like, I was young. I was like, down to have a bit of fun, whatever, right? But still a bit weird. Like, I remember thinking, that's quite strange. But okay. Anyway, so butt naked, he's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to tell anyone what's about to happen. And I was like, well, what's about to happen? Anyway, it was all just very awkward. So one thing led to another. Anyway, the weird part of the story hasn't happened yet. Don't talk to me. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So, like, things escalate, whatever, right? Halfway through the, the deed, he gets a call from his father and he answers the phone in said situation and calls his dad daddy his dad was like it's past your curfew why are you not home he said daddy please like in said situation no he literally answered the phone and said daddy and I was like this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me I think I missed out part of the story at the beginning as well god tell me another parent is involved in this story (laughs) that hadn't even that hadn't even happened yet first part was he had a wallet do we know what that is? A phone wallet? You know, the, the phone wallet so you can keep your cards in? Uh-huh. He had, like, condoms in there. Right. He's like, which one do you want? And I was like, Wolster, that is really cringe. Right. He also called me, halfway through, he called me his ex's name. Which one do you want? They're not for you. They go on him. <laughs> that's such an odd question to me. <laughs> what One that fits you, please, sir. How about that? It's so awkward. I was like, okay. Uh, this has to happen now. It's just too weird. Side note, I kind of love that energy from you because something I say to friends abide all the time when they tell me about, you know, when people have really long, drawn out, dramatic stories, I'm great at having yeah. these kind of, it's not even a relationship. And one of my sayings around it is like, there comes a point where you've had too much drama from someone you've not oh. seen naked. Like, this is a theory of mine. So I kind really? of respect the hustle that you're like, well, I guess we fuck the weirdness out at this point. Like, at least I'll get a story out of it. It was one of those situations where it was so, like, it would have been way more awkward to be like, can you just leave? Because I just am too nice. Like, I'm honestly too nice. I was like, I guess I'm riding the wave. We're riding the wave. Anyway, so he calls his dad, Daddy. He calls me his ex's name. There's the fallout situation. He destroys my mom's computer. This is all in the space of, like, an hour, let me add. And then... I was like, okay, like this. Sounds like he was on his rampage era. It really was strange. He's like the perfect example of like a really good, like good looking guy, but like that's a bit weird. That's what I'd say. Like he was really good looking, but it was just, there was just something about him that was a bit weird. Anyway, afterwards, so when the whole daddy situation happened, I was like checked out at the point. I was like, okay, computer, wallet, ex girlfriend, like dad, I'm now done. Like I'm done. So I kind of like, the ride the wave part of the whole like process in my mind was like, okay, this guy's weird now. Like this, it's gonna stop. So I was like, can you just please get off of me? Got off of me. So I'm just like sorting myself out. Okay, now the story goes to why he's called Cheese Boy. Okay, I'm finishing getting ready. Like at this point, like makeup's basically gone. I just need to sort myself out, and I just need to get out of this house and get to this party. He goes, can I? Can I have a snack? I was like, sure. If you go downstairs next to the fridge, there's a cupboard. Like, get, get yourself a packet of crisps. Help yourself. Help yourself. Okay. Goes downstairs. I sort myself out within five, ten minutes. I go Man, downstairs. Man, child. He needs a snack eating, afterwards. He is eating a whole fresh block 
of cheddar cheese in the wrapper, like biting it, gnawing it like a rat. Like, honestly, honestly, if anyone else has had an experience like this, like, I'm here. Right in. Let's start a support group. Like, let's start a support group because seriously, it was so bizarre. And I was like, okay, like, we're leaving. Remember him dropping me to this party and I just got out and I went to my friends and were like, where, like, where'd he been? You were supposed to be here ages ago. I was like, I'll tell you and none of us will speak of it again. So it's like, that, and that's how it's ended. And I don't think I spoke about it again until I got casted for the show because they were like, we need a weird story. And I was like, I'm going to hit you with some weird ass story right now, which got me on the show, I'm pretty sure. Can't lie. Everyone always asks me about it. They're like, tell us about the cheese boy. I mean... So, Fair play. I'm not in casting, but I'd cast you. You guys, look, if anyone wants to get on a show like Too Hot to Handle or Love Island or any sort of dating show and they ask you some crazy story, don't be shy. Tell them about that guy that ate a whole block of cheese after, you know, you did the dirty. Because you never know, you might end up on a on a TV show. It's all a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> is, but yeah. is that why they cast you specifically on Too Hot to Handle? They're like, we we can't trust this girl. She's got to be celibate on the air. So like, wow, she's been through it. She just deserves the opportunity. Oh, oh bless yeah, you. So. What what a time. So I said I'd circle back with questions because I can't tell you. Go for it. So many friends of mine have been in that situation where someone with no context would just be naked on their bed to the point where if anyone asked to go to my room, I'm kind of half like, oh God, this is it. Like, for example, my, my mate Ace recently had this where, like, I think it was, like, the morning after what ended up being, like, not a hookup after all that he thought was going to be. And then he, like, went up from making breakfast, was there with the plates, and your man is naked on top of the bed, just splayed out, displaying himself, and he's like... People are weird. People are honestly weird. I don't understand it. Also, like, is it sexy? First of all, because no. for me, it's a bit of intrigue or something. Like, what what is that meant to be? Just like steak on a bed. Just this is it. I just, I personally, like, I don't know. Like, what is sexy to me in like one to one communication with another person is like eye contact, chat, communication, flirting, being just like stark naked. Like, that's really intimidating to me. Like, I. I'm comfortable with my body now. Like, if I have sex now, like, I'm not that, I'm not in that point in my life where I'm like, okay, I need all the lights off. But I definitely have been at that point in my life where I'm like, oh my God, all the lights off. No one can see me in daylight. Like, no one can see what's under all of this. Because I need the, I need the context. I'm the same, but I still need the context where I know a lot of people are into casual nakedness. I had an ex that was a nudist. It's not It's not for me. It's not for me. It isn't. And also, can I just say, one thing that I feel like people really get wrong when they have these sexual interactions, it's like people, I don't know about anyone else, but girls especially, we don't want just nude. We want like, you take a bit of clothing off, I'll take a bit of clothing off. Like it's meant to be the like, dance. let's just, you know, not just like naked we're doing this. It's just not. The vibe. Well, also, that's why the dick pics backfire. Oh, God. I I think... Some horrific... Send me, send me an underwear pic. Fine. It's just intense. Yeah. It's life intense. 
both of us just sat here having flashbacks. And rather than delving into that, let's let's swing into some. You're very insightful. Let's let's do some advice. So we need right. to choose our rules of the game. So something you'd recommend trying to live by in dating or relationships. You go first because I haven't thought of one yet. Okay. Well, neither have I, but off the top of my head, number one rule and bit of advice, don't date someone if you're not happy with your situation. What I mean by that is I feel like the people that come into my life in a relationship have come into my life positively when I don't really feel like I need that relationship. Like, I met so many toxic men after my six-year relationship because I was just, like, looking for it and looking for it. And I don't think I was really ready to, like, be by myself. Once I got to a point where I was really happy and comfortable being on my own, enjoyed my own company, enjoyed my friends, wasn't really... Like, don't get me wrong, I loved a dating app and I was loved talking to guys all the time. That's not a problem. But ultimately, just, like, having fun being single, enjoying being single... Instead of just being like, oh my God, my life is so shit, I'm single. That's when I feel like you meet people that are meant to be in your life. Just don't look for it. And I know that's such a cliche. Like if you look for it, you're not going to find it. But it is actually so true. Like I am such a believer in the universe and like drawing things to you that are meant to be there. Things always happen at the right time. And I just think if you're not in the right place and someone comes along just do not pursue it because it's just not going to... Like, don't push something yeah. that... Don't force it because you want it. If it doesn't feel right, just don't... I think you can't rush it. it, you know? And as much as I, I'm a believer in, like, when you want a relationship, be open and be social sure. and allow opportunities into your life to meet people, I don't think there's a more accelerated version of that because you're just going to yeah. end up, like, trying to cobble together something with the wrong kind of person. Or yeah. you can't force chemistry if it's not there. You can't force no, like the other person's timing for the level of relationship you're looking for to be right. Do you know what I mean? If they're not yeah. ready. So for sure. no, I, I agree with all of that. And, and also another thing, another point as well, because I have to say this. Do not ignore those red flags. I've been there. I've done it. You know, you really fancy someone, really like them. There's, you have great sex or they're a great person. You have lots of fun. You've got mutual friends. Whatever it is that's drawing you to that person. And then a big red flag comes along and you're like, oh, yeah, but they're this. Sack it off. Sack it off because it's only going to come out worse in the long run. It's so easy to push things under the carpet just like, oh, like everyone, please. I'm not, I'm not joking. I don't care how good looking they are. Sack it off. Something about you just repeating sack it off over and over. We have a segment we do for repeat guests where we put something in the bin so they don't do a rule of the game. They put something in the bin. And honestly, I think we might have to steal the audio and just have it like, and now we've got, and it's you going, sack it off. Sack it off. I'm not joking. For now, though, I'm going to add my rule of the game, which I okay. think kind of links with what we were talking about of like they're just they're just being naked out of nowhere you know what i think's attractive tell me what you want know what you want and tell me like that will get me every time far more including if it is let's go fuck maybe don't you don't need to say it like that but like but you know say like how about you take me upstairs like there's a way that you can imply that 
that that tells me everything you would want to say. And that is far more attractive and far more of a better sign that this person has maybe the communication skills needed for a potential relationship versus... 100%. Yeah, tell, don't show. But let's get nude and just... Yeah, it's not, it's not cute. It isn't cute, guys. But like, I completely 100% agree. 100% agree. I think communication in these situations is so key. If you're going on a first date or, you know, if you've been dating for a little while, it's just, even if you've gone on a couple of dates and you, you might have already slept with each other once, let's say you've gone on a night out, you, you've gone home with someone, you've slept with them and then you decide actually you want to go on a couple of dates with them. But people just automatically assume if it's already happened once, then they, they just got a free for all to just be in the nude when they want to be in the nude. But like you said, I think communication with your partner should just flow really naturally and be respectful. And it just... yeah, you don't need to you don't need to assume that you've got an open past like that. It's strange. No. You know what else I'm reminded of? Have you ever got it where a lot of my female friends will have this, where they get sent a nude out of nowhere, a dick pic, really, and then there's like a follow up message, which is something like, "Well?" question mark. It's just honestly horrific. Like, and you're like, "Well, what?" Like you did say something, give me something to respond to because it's not this thing I did not ask for. It just, I feel like if you're in a relationship, put a little hat on it, give me something to laugh about. Like, yeah, like I feel like if you're in a relationship, (laughs) that's something you enjoy with a partner, it's different. If you're in the texting stage with someone and you start sending pictures and just it's, it's really quite uncomfortable, it's awkward, it's like you've just fully posed. Someone actually wants, oh my God, this is so weird. Someone, I'd not sent any pictures to this person. We were on texting terms, never met before, never spoke on the phone. And that same thing happened to me. I went on my phone and I received an image of him nude, but he propped his phone up. So the angle was like, he was like in a press-up position as though he like, and then took it as though he like, the angle was as if, he was on top of me, weird, like weirdly, and it was so staged. And I was like, "Creepy is not cute," and I did not respond. Yeah, I don't know where I find these people. Okay, everybody, like, I don't know where I find them, but they like they find they you apparently weird people to me. But no, I stalk the weird ones. I truly do. Right, <laughs> it's slightly it, yeah. Well, you know, I'm delighted that you you're so good at seeing them coming. <laughs> <laughs> and that you've had the opportunity to uh, make the most out of it by uh, getting cast on reality TV. For now, though, we need to start wrapping up. So is there anything you want to plug, like maybe your social media, anything upcoming? Yeah, well, I'll definitely plug my social media. There's a lot of things upcoming, but it's all kind of in the woodworks at the moment, just really trying to, like, we, we spoke earlier Again, about... Follow like, for suspense. In the industry. Mm-hmm. Follow up for suspense, but... Instagram is Sophie Stonehouse at Sophie Stonehouse and TikTok is at Sophie Dean Stonehouse. Don't ask me about my middle name. Yeah, it is. It is Dean, guys. Sophie Dean Stonehouse, the handle on TikTok. All right. Well, let's wrap up there. Thank you so much. You're a delight. No, thank you so much. And apologies to everybody that have just got a deep dive into our weird sex stories and all of that jazz. Oh, they, they love it. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. And actually, we're going to get wholesome behind the paywall because I want to ask you for flirting tips because I've decided you have them. So we'll be back oh, with that. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For the full experience, you can join our subscription on Apple Podcasts to access extended ad-free episodes.
Our show is edited and produced by Pete Murta. The music is Digital Damage by me, Emma Becco. We're proud to be an independent production. And leaving a quick review is another way to support the show. Speak to you next Friday. Until then, good, good luck, luck out, out there. there.